my we're in a spot at work where I started. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. I want to hear the okay. story. No, you don't want to hear about how we're shifting desks. So like <laughs> we're in like rows of three, and it's just like a long table that's our desk space. And like someone has to move across the wall, the divider, and I said uh, I would be willing to do that if I can work from home three days a week. Boom. And so the like, reason we need it. more work from home days, <laughs> listeners, is because this is the week. This is like the big week for Twin Peaks. You're listening to Laura Palmer's Dead, a Twin Peaks podcast. We're talking about episodes two eighteen and two nineteen. But first, to just tease out what we're looking at, we got. This coming Sunday, a week from today, is the premiere of Showtime's Season 3, Twin Peaks, Everyone's Real Psyched. We're going to be watching Fire Walk With Me this week and podcasting about it, so there will be some bonus episodes. Bonus. We're here. Tom is back. (laughs) What's up, (laughs) y'all? We know you were angry, and we're sorry. He's back. It's okay. Um, Your your, uh, letters of, where's Tom, have all been very heartwarming. (laughs) (laughs) So we uh, we watched 218 and 219 separately. So I want to just start with our new to Twin Peaks fans, Tom and Melissa. What stood out to you two about these two episodes? I should have probably done a small... Oh, my big thing is I have a new theory. Yes, go into your theory, because I want to know how much you think so I don't spoil things. Yeah, so So right now I am under the impression that Donna and Audrey are sisters because of how Ben Horn is all up on wheelchair mom (laughs) in a weird way because now he has a new lease on life and there's weird things about letters and love. So I also think that somehow Ben Horn caused the car accident too that made her paralyzed. I don't know if it was a car accident, but I feel like she is paralyzed because of Ben Horn and Donna and Audrey are sisters because they're also trying to make them look a little bit more alive now. They do both have bright sparkling blue eyes and dark black hair. hair which interestingly so does Eileen Hayward so yeah I hate to say this but uh, Zoe Deschanel's mom is not a good actress no so yeah we're talking about episode 218 although this carries into 219 too yeah. on the wings of love and then what was 219 called Ooh. Variations on relations. Right. Ooh. Both of these titles really felt particularly out of nowhere, which, as we know, they were added by the Germans <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> for the German release. So there's a scene with Ben and Eileen at the Great Northern where Donna enlists the age, the aid of Audrey to go to the Snoop Hole and listen to their conversation. <laughs> and, yes, Pat, I agree. Mama Chanel, what's going on, babe? She's, <laughs> She's just... She was just supposed to be rolling through the scene. Yeah. Yeah, she just... She's meant to have some very talented daughters as actresses. Yes, she's got great genes, and she's (laughs) real pretty. And she does, you know, in 219, where she has the scene when they're at dinner with her and Doc and Donna, where are the other sisters, is my question. (laughs) That is a good question. (laughs) Like, where are the other Hayward sisters? the younger ones? Yeah. The redheads? There's supposed to be two other sisters. Yeah. The one that was in Mr. Holland's Opus. And right. And the other one. They're the never hair. there. They don't even have place oh. settings for them at the table. Fun fact, one of those redheads is in The Walking Dead. 
Oh. This past oh, yeah. Last season of The Walking Dead, which was season six, I think. Yeah. Goes with Melissa's um, theory, too, that the two other Haywood sisters are redheads and Donna's a brunette. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Donna's taller. Yeah. And I feel like Doc's in on it because why would Doc be like, I don't know what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, he's real Donna. shady. It's just weird. Yeah. They're friends because he gives money. And it's like. Even does like, uh, Horn's kind of a dick, so yeah. he's not going to be giving money. Right, and so Eileen gets some roses sent to the house also, which is, like, not yeah. very normal. And Donna's like, roses are very romantic, aren't they, Mom? Yeah. <laughs> right, Mom? Roses? And what's really very pretty, romantic. too, is that, like, Eileen is trying to do, like, mm-hmm. bad acting there to be like, I'm covering up a secret. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, oh. like... The same as her regular acting. Oh, it must have been the. <laughs> she keeps asking for the peas. Like <laughs> She's yeah. like, pass the peas. I'm not gonna answer your question. Also, I noted that Donna drives a pink car. Yeah, who even knew that really? Donna had a car? Yeah. Did not. Or is that the Doc's car? I don't know, but it was pink. Like she's a. Mary Kay, oh, I was gonna Ooh. say a Mary Kay salesman. Maybe Mama Hayward's a Mary Kay saleswoman. But, yeah, very strange scene. I do love, though, the one really good acting moment for Mama Hayward is her reaction to Donna being like, I'm going to be in the Miss Twin Peaks pageant. And the mom is just disgusted by that. She's like, I didn't think you would go in for that weirdness. Um, which Yeah, she just, like, doesn't like that. That Donna's doing oh, that. Oh, because, yeah, that's Donna's, like, rebelling. Right, her rebelling yeah. is like, I'm going to be in this weird pageant. That my dad is judging. Right, that <laughs> everyone in town is in. Yeah. Everyone's in the mist. So let's run down the Miss Twin Peaks contestants that we know. There's Donna, Nadine, and Mike. Uh, oh, well, not Mike, but Nadine <laughs> and Mike are in the scene. Um, who else? Oh, uh, Shelly. Shelly. Because Bobby is forcing her to because she's so Right. Beautiful. Oh, Bobby, Bobby, Bobby. Yeah. And then, uh, oh, Widow Hay. Widow, Widow Lana, Milford. Yeah. yeah. Lana. Which she, Milford. so Lana Milford. Why are they bringing her so They don't much know. Plot, and right? she, she goes to the mayor and is like, I want to win. Mm-hmm. And it's like, are you, are we to believe that you like, schemed this marriage to win the Miss Twin Peaks pageant? Like, who cares? I don't think that was her... I think Intention. her motivation at the time was just like, oh, another rich old guy. Right, and, yeah. You know, and now then, she's like, even yeah. more fun for me. That's just the subject of the day, this Miss Twin Peaks. She was like, oh, well, I might as well cash in some of my rich old guy chips right now. <laughs> right. Now what I want is to win this contest. <laughs> yeah. So, so I like how weird. he's like... Do it. He's like, <laughs> I like how he's like all... Integrity first, and like, well, I could coach you, and uh, yeah. I give you some speeches in my day. It's <laughs> like, no, dude, I want to win. Right, <laughs> someone do a judges. could someone do a uh, mayor Milford impression? I can't, but I can do Alana, <laughs> sweetheart. You can guarantee <laughs> it. I can't. Tom's like. <laughs> <laughs> Well, take it on advice, man. <laughs> I'm realizing I should have taken more notes since we're recording this episode several days after we watched the episodes ourselves. I know. That Tom, wouldn't be. Tom tried to peek at mine, and he's like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> that, that wouldn't be moral. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now, the committee of judges is Pete, 
Doc Hayward, because, you know, Doc Hayward has a lot of free time. And then the mayor. Um, Which is an impartial editor. <laughs> right. And Benjamin Horn uh, does come by the committee meeting or whatever, the pre-screening of Miss Twin Peaks or whatever they're having. Not a pageant kid. I don't really know how pageants work. Um, to say that now... Miss Twin Peaks is more than a jiggle fest. It's a celebration of the totality of woman. And I'm like, is it Ben? Is it? It's like, Ben is now a feminist. That's my note. Ben has had a major, major change. He's eating carrots and celery all day long. Instead of smoking his cigar, he chomps on a carrot. Yes. I will say one of my favorite scenes in either of these episodes, and just kind of in general, it's fantastic, is Mike and Bobby at the Twin Peaks committee meeting. So Mike is there with Nadine, because that's what you do. You bring your boyfriend to sign up for the pageant. And you can tell Mike is a man now. Mike has really changed. (laughs) And Bobby... Snake. Right. Just Mike. Bobby and he have a great exchange where Bobby's like, since when were you interested in the life of fossils? And Mike's like, I wouldn't expect you to understand. And then... Then he breaks it down. (laughs) And he goes... Do you have any idea what the combination of sexual maturity and superhuman strength can result in? <laughs> and he like whispers in Bobby's ear. And then he freaks out. Oh, or Bobby so freaks out. Yeah. <laughs> and Nadine gives him a wink. It's just like a perfect moment. <laughs> a wink with her good eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she could just be blinking. We all know. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. When like, did I go blind? <laughs> she says. <laughs> oh yeah. Has that happened yet? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, damn it. Um yeah, I love that scene. I think it's fantastic that I like I like this Nadine Mike. I really do. I love it. I think Mike's become a better person because of Nadine. I like the couple. Yeah, he's it's, a nicer guy. It's very sure. cute. Like, yeah. Very, and very also, cute. Since we're talking about Bobby, can we also talk about how Shelly is so done with Bobby? Oh like, my god. Every time he speaks, she just like rolls her eyes like, uh and he's being like he's weird so and demanding now. He's yeah. being a real dick. And we're Leo is just straight up abusive creep. Bobby has that like other kind of layer of creep where he's like manipulative asshole creep. Yeah. So he says to Shelly, like, beautiful people get everything they want, and you're a beautiful person, and I want that crown on your head. Or once that crown's on your head, the sky's the limit. And she's like, okay, Bobby, dream on. And then he kind of like grabs her and yeah. says, like, Bobby's in charge, baby. You like, do what I say, yeah. And what doors exactly does winning this twist Twin Peaks open for anyone? Right. <laughs> like, Doesn't uh, everyone know who Shelly is? <laughs> yeah. well, it's like a two thousand dollar yeah. prize, but uh, I mean that's a very well short term like solution. Like three months yeah. of yeah. care for Leo. <laughs> yeah. <I know. laughs> What's crazy though is Wyndham Earl is talking about what do you win if you get Miss Twin Peaks, and he's like. You get a scholarship to the college of your choice. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. (laughs) So if I live in Twin Peaks and I have a C minus average (laughs) and I win the Miss Twin Peaks pageant, I can say, well, okay, I want a full ride to Harvard and I get that. Like, I'm pretty sure that's not how it works. Like, maybe, well, yeah. 
I think they're... You can argue that they would just say, well, you're not admitted <laughs> I, to Harvard, so think, we can't pay for right. Harvard. I think they're maybe saying, oh, okay. like... Okay, I took them very yeah. seriously. <laughs> I'm like, you said a scholarship. I think they maybe mean, like, local community colleges okay. within Washington, the state. Right. <laughs> you know? well, that's the fine print. <laughs> yeah. I want to know the details. Like, it's just weird that they have this huge prize. And also, like, if they do this every year, right? do Which they run out of women? Because, like, all these women... The high school girls who are just now well, seniors, this I could year see. We had like four new additions. So <laughs> right, that's like, true. They allow. They allow. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this would have been Laura's year big time. I mean, come on. Maybe that's why she was murdered, mm. so that someone else could win the Miss Twin Peaks pageant. This whole Bob ah. thing is a ruse. Totally a ruse. Oh, yes. Wow. So speaking of Bob. I want to bring in a little discussion here. I think one of the reasons that this series of episodes falls flat is because Wyndham Earl is not a great villain. And I think it's because he's over-engineered. Mm-hmm. Like, Bob was a fantastic villain, and he was simple. Like, he didn't mm-hmm. speak. He just looked creepy. <laughs> he was sparingly used. Right. He, he was mysterious. He does speak in these episodes, though. Yeah. What happened to Josie? Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Coop, what happened to Josie? Yeah, that was the last Yeah, one. that's true. I like that he's on, you know, he's on nickname basis for Coop. He's like, right. yo, Coop. He does say that's something true. in their, in his, in Coop's dream, like, early on in the series where he's like, right. where he's like, Mike, where are you, Mike? Yeah. He likes, he likes murdering with Mike. But you could so. string together everything has, that Bob has said in total, and it would be like less than oh, it's, three minutes of dialogue. It's less than one minute, I think. And yeah. Wyndham Earl has these long uh, speeches, and he explains his every thought, and like very these poetic, complicated man. plots. Yeah. And he's still not, they got a great actor, whereas Frank Silva was just a dude. Yeah. And yet, somehow, <laughs> and that just goes to show like, David Lynch's way of working, which we've been learning a lot about David Lynch being into transcendental meditation and like Mm -hmm. a lot of the things he does just comes from kind of spur of the moment instinct. Mm -hmm. And those types of gifts where he just kind of stumbles onto, I think tend to work out better than this where they're like, we're going to have Kenneth Walsh. Then we're going to have this big plot and like have all these theatrical costumes. Because it doesn't, it doesn't make for a good villain to know. I'm not one of those that, it would be better if, like with Lord's death, where everything was still kind of a mystery and you right. find out, except now we have, like, oh, the POV of the villain. Right. It's not, like, a good POV like he's... No. It's not, like, some other shows where it's, like, you get the POV of the killer, but then you feel sympathetic towards right. the killer, or, like, you kind of can relate. So right, there's that. none of that. No, this is just like watch Wyndham Earl plot his thing and then shock right. Leo. He's and they, it's that's kind of fun though. <laughs> watching him shock Leo. That is abusive. Yeah. They do a I lot of it. like talking about how crazy he is <laughs> and how genius he is, but then his schemes are like very you know, he he'll he does things that he would very easily be caught. He's walking around places in like stage makeup talking to people, like, very clearly scheming and being <laughs> creepy. Yeah. And the only reason he's not being caught is because they've chosen not to have him caught. Like Because they, they just can't tell, because his 
disguises are so good. Like, his mustache is like, longer than his real mustache. <laughs> I can't tell what that is. <laughs> yeah, he's just... he. So he sends... That black dye hair coloring? I mean, <laughs> those wigs? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I want to see that closet in his little cabin. So many costumes. Her and uh, Catherine have the <laughs> yeah. same... Uh, yeah, totally the, true. Yeah, there's this guy's a big costume shop. It's a big, their community theater is like the big thing that they do in Twin Peaks that we just haven't seen. But yeah, yeah so Wyndham Earl has snuck around and he's seen in the last episodes, he went to the Double R and saw Shelly and he's been to the Haywards and saw Donna. Mm-hmm. And now he goes to the library and sees Audrey. Audrey's the only one of the of, of the girls who acts creeped out. Like, she's the only one who's like, because he's like, seeing you there reminds me of a queen. And she's like, okay, bro. <laughs> just kind of like backs away slowly. So I do appreciate that at least she kind of has the presence of mind to be like, weird dude is coming up to me and talking to me. Then we find out his backstory where he was in... He was... In the government. In uh, the government. Like, yeah. And he was... Doing the same stuff that Major Briggs was right. basically doing. Yeah. Project Blue Book. They're trying Project to bring Blue this Book. whole like plot point, which really upsets me for some reason. Because it's over engineered. It's just yeah. too much stuff. Like he has the whole scene where he explains the White Lodge and the Black Lodge. Yeah. Which that's one of Hat's favorite characters. Oh, do we want to talk about? Yeah, the, let's talk about the, the metal guys. The stoner. <laughs> the stoner metal guy. Dude. Yeah, like how does he end up? Isn't he great? Isn't he amazingly great? (laughs) I mean, I love him. Stranger danger. Those parents did not raise this kid right. Like, That's so interesting and all, man. What's all the point here? You sound just like him, Pat. That was, like, really good. (laughs) You told me there'd be beer. (laughs) White Lodge, Black Lodge. It's a great story, man. Yeah, so this. You said there'd be beer. <laughs> so, like, it's one thing to follow a strange man into a shack because of the promise of beer. We've all done it. <laughs> you know, but who hasn't? When someone starts paper macheing me into a pond, <laughs> that's when I start to ask questions. Here's, here's the thing, though. Me and you are women. Like, we. No, right. We, Stranger danger. We have the. Uh, I'm not gonna go into your weird shed. Men right. are just like, what beer? You own the okay. shed. Cool. Let's go in. Yeah. Oh, this is a game. Like paper mache me as a giant chest. Right. right. What did he think was gonna happen? It's just so yeah. So this guy gets paper mache into a pond and really isn't starting to think that anything is wrong until. The second before his death. Yeah. And he's like, I do not appreciate practical jokes. <laughs> and then he's murdered. Yeah, he's but, like, like, can you also, yeah. also explain his murder to me? Like, well, he's shot in the chest, but then bleeds out of his mouth? I guess right. that's like internal bleeding. Yeah, uh, like punctured your lung or your tracheal. Well, the, like, the thing is, Earl knows exactly where to hit you in the uh, body oh. to kill you instantly. Right. That's true. Because, uh, yeah, every time he stabs he's someone, he's got that knife knows, yeah. Yeah, oh, technique. Yeah. Gets he's your, got that knife your technique. And Leo has a crisis of conscience and yeah. doesn't want to do it, so he all gets of a sudden, shocked. All of a sudden, he's not yeah. okay with murdering, but, like, before he... Yeah. After a little brain 
you know, brain damage, he's kind of grown a conscious. Yeah, this, the guy, though... Well, murdering just... Shelly, his wife, is one thing. Right, he's <laughs> like, she had it coming. This, this random drifter. Her money. Her money. Right. It's justifiable. Yeah, yeah. Shelly was getting real mouthy. So <laughs> this guy was just a cool, nice guy who wanted a beer. And he's sitting at a... People sp- could relate to him. <laughs> he's, like, yeah, sitting he at a school desk listening to this story. Yeah. Now... The problem, too, with this is, like, there's some important Twin Peaks mythology being revealed in this whole monologue of Wyndham Earls, but you're so distracted by, like, Leo and the guy that you're not even listening. So, basically, he is telling us that there's a White Lodge and a Black Lodge. It kind of makes it seem like the White Lodge doesn't exist anymore because he's like, there once was a place... But that's right. a place of pure goodness. Yeah. And the Black Lodge is its opposite. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, so he's telling us that there's these two places. We know that there's this duality in Twin Peaks. We know that there's something in the woods. So, you know, he's giving us important information, but we're just, like, not paying attention yeah. to it because of all the other and shit he, that's going on. He talks about so uh, the afterlife, like... Now you will have the answer. Yeah, I actually find that line really creepy and sinister where he's like, how many people are asking the question of what happens to my soul after I die and you, lucky one, will know right now. Like, that's terrifying. That's really... But it's still... It's just the concept of it that's terrifying. It's not the, like, delivery of it that's terrifying. It's (laughs) interesting because everyone has been talking about how they want to go to the White Lodge. But Wyndham Earl indicates that he's always been searching for the Black Lodge, right? And he was. Not the White Lodge. And he does say yeah. there's like li- unlimited power from the Black Lodge. That I I think <clears throat> there's that's probably why he wants to tap into it. But that's the other thing that like Melissa, you brought up a good point. In stories where generally where I find a villain to be really compelling is like either there's a gray area, or they really strongly paint the villain's motive. And we get that Wyndham Earl's motive is revenge and trying to kill Cooper, but the finding the Black Lodge is seemingly has nothing to do with that. So right, he right. hasn't revealed to us enough of a reason of like why does he so want to find the Black Lodge? It is possible yeah. that it's possible that uh, Bob was once like Earl, in that there right. there are these magicians that are. You're going into Firewalk with me a little well, bit. Well, no, so. okay. Well, <laughs> Just we've heard the magicians. We've heard the magicians. Uh, Head always has the subtlest spoils. Spoils. Yeah, we're gonna get. We're gonna. I think. I think once we get. But, but I'm just saying. Like I don't know either. Like Bob might have been an actual person at one point. Maybe. And there he, are certainly he unlocked other... the power of the Black Lodge, and that's what Earl wants to do now. Right. There's an otherworldly element, too, that we get in this episode with the petroglyph at Owl Cave. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you could spend hours just looking at that picture and trying to figure out its tie, you know? Um, and so I wanted to, before I start talking about that, I want to get Tom and Melissa's take so that we don't yeah. spoil anything. What do you guys think about the petroglyph in Owl Cave and what it means? Did you pick up any symbolism there? What are your mm-hmm. thoughts on that? Well, Melissa was like, it looks like an owl. I think you said that. Oh, yeah. It did look like, like an, an owl. owl. But it also looks like mountains. Yep. And fire. So fire walk with me. Um, <laughs> mountains. Very good. Crazy very good. owl opens yeah. it. Wonderful and strange. I didn't understand. So then when... when the, so <clears throat> when they go in, they're like, we're going to... 
They're spelunking. Right. <laughs> As Andy they, says. Andy loves spelunking. Spelunking. <laughs> they do that, but then Wyndham Earl just kind of walks in the cave like, Yeah. Oh, hey, oh, look, they found it. We just need to turn this thing because it's a symbol inverted. And then, boom, everything collapsed and here's a picture. But, like, I didn't really look close enough at the picture to know what... And there will be I more should. opportunities to yeah. do so. I think these two episodes, the only real image that you're supposed to kind of hone in on is the the first one that you see when Andy hits the pickaxe. Mm-hmm. He's like, my pick, my axe got stuck. <laughs> Poor Andy. And then it's like pretty much a diamond with two, kind of looks like two mountains. Could be like an owl, could be the mountains. And then when Wyndham Earl comes in, it rotates where it's like still a diamond and then like an upside down W kind mm-hmm. of. Yeah. So like, so it goes from mountains to owls. Something yeah, like it could be like it could be mountains. Like it could be an owls. owl. It could be White Lodge, Black Lodge. It could be mm. you know. I'm looking at Pat's sketches thereof <laughs> on his notepad right yeah. now. Yeah, got some pretty good ones. So the sketches on Pat's notepad are the sketch that Cooper draws on his napkin at double at the Double R Diner, which are the combination of Major Briggs tattoo and the Log Lady's tattoo, which kind of looks like mountains and like three diamonds so there's all these symbols in this petroglyph that they discover in Owl Cave that Andy sketches out Um, and again a lot of Twin Peaks mythology comes from this petroglyph which is interesting because you know this is like in the episodes that David Lynch wasn't heavily involved in but a lot of Fire Walk With Me draws from these images so Mm It's still, these episodes still matter. They're just not, like, well d- delivered. Right, yeah. which I was yeah. like, are these really David Lynchy episodes? But then David Lynch comes in, and I was right. like, well, he must at least support something. Because right. he's <laughs> making a guest star appearance. Was it, is it uh, 18 where he comes in, or did, was he in he's 17? In, I think he's I think in both. He's in both, I think. Yeah. But before we depart from the Owl yeah. Cave, there's a couple good yeah. Cooper quotes that I wanted to mention. So he says, because Andy's pick gets caught, and that's kind of what, like, reveals everything. And Cooper says, gentlemen, coincidence and fate figure largely in our lives. Which that is a total, that could be David Lynch directly talking, because that's how he directs. I mean, we've, you know, already talked about some of the mistakes that have turned into, like, really cool things. Like Frank Silva being in the reflection when he was filming another scene with Sarah, and, like coming up with the red room by putting his hand on a radiator like Mm -hmm. he uses a lot of just like oh that's a happy coincidence let's put it in and then he says that quote about like I have no idea where this will lead us but I have a definite feeling it will be a place both wondrous and strange yeah so there's a lot of like important Twin Peaks stuff that comes from that scene and it's actually a pretty good I think pretty good scene it is yeah speaking of Um, David Lynch though can we talk about Gordon Cole and Shelley. Oh, yeah. So, so Gordon Cole goes to the double R and, of course, sees this beautiful woman, Shelley, and notices her. But the great thing is he can hear her. Only her. Only Only her. her. Not the log lady. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Who's sitting there (laughs) saying. The log lady says, this pie is a miracle. 
Yeah, because he says something about, like, it's a miracle. It's a miracle that I could hear you. Yeah. And then the log lady says, this pie is a right. miracle. And Mae Chinamic is so cute. She's like, I know, and I can hear you too. And she's, like, trying to get him to be quiet. because she Lower your voice. And he's like, do you see these? This is not, like, like Mae Chinamic at first is not picking up on this. Let yeah. just kind of backtrack and just mention, so he's there because he's reinstating Coop into the FBI. That's right, yeah. Yep. He does that at the sheriff's, sheriff's office. They go to the R&R diner, and in that time, because Gordon was like, get your suit ready, like, right. oh, still press, he somehow changes in that time. Because he's <laughs> oh my glad. And then he goes to the diner, and he's in oh his Oh my god, regular, I didn't like, even notice that. Instantly. Yeah. Wow. Continuity error. I was he like, changes uh, in Harry's bathroom. I was like, wow. Well, he didn't have to stop somewhere. And I do feel like he's just there. He has, like, very little... I mean, he's there because of the Wyndham Earl thing. Yeah. But he is very... Like, Coop and Cole have that same sort of zest for life where, like, he's like, speaking of this, linkage makes me think of sausage. Let's go get <laughs> breakfast. Like, he's just very much living life fun. I love that he can hear Shelley. It's just one of those, like, mysticism Twin Peaks things that's... Never really explained, but it's just very sweet and wonderful. Mm-hmm. And he loves her. Um, and very cute. David Lynch has a huge crush on Mae Chinamic and is pretty <laughs> open about it. Yeah. And in interviews, we saw an interview with them together, and their relationship is very cute. And she's very indulgent and sweet with him. And They she, ask her, what's your favorite so scene? <laughs> and she you goes... guess what she says? <laughs> I'm guessing it's making out with David Lynch. Yeah. Yes. But the way she does it, she's like... I'm closing my eyes and I picture a soft pair of lips and David Lynch goes, oh, Machen, you're so... Or he, he calls, calls her, her Matchkin. Matchkin. And, and then Kyle McLaughlin's there and he kind of acts like indulgent brother who's like, oh, you're real sweet. Like, he's like, you're being a real sport. Like, he just loves her and dotes on her and admits that he... He tells a story about he's like, when I was writing that scene... I was thinking, oh, how terrible that I'm doing this. But my hand just kept going. <laughs> like, it just kept going and going. It's like, and when they I'm shot it, I was like, dirty one old, more. I'm a, one more. I'm a dirty old man, but he I'm knows. Right he knows see. he's a dirty old man. And the line when he kisses her, and Bobby walks in, and he goes, of course, Bobby reacts. Bobby's like, what are you guys doing? You are witnessing a front three-quarter view of two adults sharing a tender moment. Take a good look, Sonny. It's going to happen again. It's just perfect. And I wish fervently that, you know, in the next season, Gordon, Cole, and Shelly would be married and have, like, seven kids. But I have a feeling that won't happen. Um, but they're just a really cute, well, it's a really cute so thing. So there's also, uh, we gotta mention Annie and Coop. We gotta talk about Annie and Coop. Uh, also getting together. Getting together. In the diner here. So um, I'm curious. I'm I'm starting to try and back off from my, like, clear preference of Sherilyn Fenn and try and look at it with new eyes. And so what do you guys think about Heather Graham and this role and... and Heather Graham and Coop and what do you think Tom because you kind of came in with Heather Graham as a character um I was just like oh it's Heather Graham (laughs) (laughs) I gotta be I was distracted during this viewing so I did not really pay attention much to like there wasn't I don't know there wasn't enough going on in their scenes together to like really draw me in bingo she looks like (laughs) a baby she looks like a small child yeah how old is she supposed to be like 
18. I mean, she's younger <laughs> well, we than she's been in real life. She, we don't know right. how old she's supposed to be, but she's like 20 in real life, I think. So... I feel yeah. like she's supposed to be like mid twenties because she's right. been in the convent for a while. Right, right. Yeah. She has to be an adult. Yeah. Um, and it's like, oh. But she is definitely a terrible actress at this point <laughs> in her career. Got, I mean, she no has the Natalie Portman thing. We're <laughs> like, I know she can be a great actress. I've seen her do it. But then she can equally be like Natalie Portman in the Clone Wars. Bad. <laughs> like, so she. She, I mean, is she really? Can't I mean, like, I love Boogie Nights too. I assume that's what you're thinking of when you think like great Heather Graham performances. I, yeah, I guess. When maybe when she's uh, taking her clothes off, it seems like a better performance. <laughs> you know, it works no, for well, me. oh yeah, that's, that's really what drew me in. Um, <laughs> well, it did she for me. plays. She's more of a typecast. Like she can play the kind of like kooky blonde, like yeah. Kind of dumb. The She's good in Portlandia. Line. I mean, yeah. yeah, I think she can just sort of yeah. play herself. She's just one of those yeah. actors. I thought so. she was good in um, Arrested Development as well. She'll have little moments of good. She was a teacher uh, oh. in Arrested Development who oh. got together with Michael. I'm trying to yeah. give her the benefit of the doubt here because she is considered by many to be a great actress, and I've never really seen that, well, and I yeah. don't... She ha- I haven't seen any roles where she's really challenged to right. rise to yeah. the occasion. So and what's interesting is, like, initially what I had said was, like, oh, they don't have chemistry. But Kyle MacLachlan's working overtime to give them chemistry. <laughs> and there's yeah. scenes where he really does it. Like, when they're in the boat and he's talking to her, like, on his side, if I just watch him, I 100% buy it. Like, yeah. he loves her. He's into it. Heather Graham's just sort of floating through the scene, like, That's exactly cheerful. it. There's nothing happening at all. She looks she, like she's, she's just like a blank slate. Yeah, like a doll, like a living doll. Like there's nothing there, like <laughs> which could have been a choice. I mean, could I? I don't know. I think she was just a pretty face. Yeah, yeah. and you, she looks a bit like Caroline. Do you think, and looks yeah. a little bit like right, Laura? Right. Right. Like she's like got that kind like maybe that's part of what yeah. the casting if I, was. If I was Coop though, one thing I don't agree with him is that he like strokes her like uh, her suicide like scars. Yeah. Right. But I that's like what that's, that's what like weird. most attracts him to her. Because right. I think what most draws Coop in is yeah, is that she's damaged. I know, yeah, right. and that makes sense. And they, they, she's been through something, whereas and, like right, he right. sees Audrey more like a privileged little teenager. Yeah. And so very pure. Right. You know, she's been addicted to heroin and almost... Right. I'm going to be like, uh, Audrey's <laughs> been through a lot more and she's tougher. But I do love the part where he tells her the joke in the diner. So Coop comes into the diner and he goes, he, he says, two penguins were walking across an iceberg. And he does get interrupted. But when he comes back, he goes, the one penguin says to the other, you look like you're wearing a tuxedo. And the other penguin says, maybe I am. <laughs> it's like, just perfect Kyle McLaughlin. And her laugh there is very genuine. She'll like have moments where it's like the ice chips and she has a genuine moment. But for the most part, yeah, it's like she's floating through the scene just kind of, and some of the lines are painful. Like I wrote a note, I can see when she's talking, it's like I can see the words written in the script. Yeah. Like She's just reading it off still a piece did. of paper, yeah. Yeah, it's like, really weird to think but again we know David Lynch's casting practice is just to meet someone <laughs> and kind of get a feel for them and be like oh she's real oh, beautiful I thought say just to meet someone that he's attracted to <laughs> like, <laughs> and be like I'm gonna put you in my sh- that yeah. might have been the case yeah, that could be yeah. uh, part of it yeah right. it's Hollywood you know? yeah it's so and so I, strange yeah and I get the character what really bothered me is she had a Roman 
water? Ladies oh, yeah, tend to like the rum. <laughs> yeah, the fat bartender is like... No, it was rum, rum and tonic. It was rum, rum and tonic. tonic. That's what this word is. Melissa and I were like... Ladies seem to like the rum. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, why? And why wouldn't he... Because she's like, oh, I've never had... Like, I haven't had... I would like an alcoholic beverage, basically. And why wouldn't he just be like a Chardonnay or like a white wine spritzer? He jumps to rum, this bartender. Uh, Who drinks rum with vodka? Tonic? Yeah, <laughs> like, sounds awful. Vodka, lemonade. Vodka tonic, yes. Rum and tonic, no. I also have a problem with people who mention their own uniqueness or weirdness too much. <laughs> yeah. And she does that a lot. She's like, people think I'm strange. I can't tell you that it always makes sense. And it's like, shut up. So far, you've been totally vanilla. Like you've done nothing that was odd at all. Like, and from Other her story, her story's like. <laughs> Something happened to me in high school. I I want to be like I bet nothing really happened. It was like well, we she find had, out what happened. She had a she had a boyfriend. A and, boyfriend, but we don't know what the. I mean, he could have tried to kill her or rape her uh, or something so dramatic. But I bet it wasn't that. I bet it was like a douchey senior yeah. guy. It seemed like, like he just broke up with her. Yeah, and then either. she tried to commit suicide and went into a convent. Like. Well, emotional rash. maturity. <laughs> Jeez. Not great conflict resolution skills. Right. Yeah, like, I'm just like, why is this the girl for Cooper of all the girls? I just when don't they like it. kissing, I was like, really? <laughs> She's also sitting in that boat in the weirdest way. Like, just in this weird cross-legged with, like, just bizarre. <laughs> I don't know. And Cooper's in a tie. It doesn't make See, sense I tried. Well. I really came into this being like, I'm going to be fair to Heather Graham. I don't want to be a bitch. But I, I just want to know who are all these people that think she's a great actress. Like I've never heard anyone <laughs> say like that before. I feel like every time I say like Heather Graham sucks, people get mad at me and they're like, "She's an Oscar nominated." Was she Oscar nominated? I, I, I hope not. <laughs> okay, people are like really up in arms about loving Heather Graham. Like, and I just don't see it. I think I she's a know. decent comedic actress, like Arrested Development right. and yeah. Hangover. But like yeah. dramatically, yeah. I don't think she's really got chops. I mean, you yeah. know. In Boogie Nights, all she had to do was act like a ditz and then act like a ditz on coke. <laughs> and that was like her right. two roles. She was a porn star. Yeah. yeah she I was don't... good at that. Yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> it's, nailed it's it. weird. And I do I do totally think Kyle MacLachlan, like, nails it. I mean, he no. seems very in love with her. And absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, date how quickly everyone has one date and they're in love in this town. No. Like, they love each other so much. But the big twist with Annie and Cooper after they make out in a boat is that Wyndham Earl is always watching. <sighs> so in a disguise. Yeah. Yes, in a disguise. Well, in right. a bird watcher's disguise, I believe, right? And right. Then I know that uh, he's now found his queen of hearts. So. Right, which makes Bingo. this bothers me so much. His his whole thing, he's like, we'll have the queen of diamonds and the queen of this and the queen of that. And then he's like, and then we have whoever wins Miss Twin Peaks. And I'm like, your plan is all over the place. Are you picking from these girls or are you picking... Whoever wait, wait, wait. wins the pageant, or are you, are you waiting for Annie? Coop? Are you like, waiting for Coop to? Yeah. What was the fall point of Donna off? and Shelly? And right. like that whole thing was just a decoy. Like. No. So can I? I've had sort of a, like a loss of faith in David Lynch last week because <laughs> like I looked up um, instead of just watching it again. I, I like read the synopsis of uh, Lost Highway, which I have some fond memories of. There's some really compelling scenes. Oh in that yeah. Movie. But then, like, I read, like, when I read the plot, I was like, oh, yeah, it's just, like, a bunch of shit that doesn't make sense. <laughs> and, like, and there's, like, no resolution, there's, like, no overarching, like, 
yeah. structure. It's just like random, like throw it out there, see if it sticks. Kind of like a racer head, also like right. Like, well, he I, does um, seem to be very into this kind of like. We keep hearing more and more about his transcendental meditation, like. He likes to just have things kind of come to him. Go with the flow. And I think right, that creates you know. really brilliant things or it creates really it not creates brilliant things. It creates very compelling things. Like, he's great at being compelling like and, like, yeah. making you want to, like, watch to see, like, what does this mean? But then, like, never find out what it means. Right. Like, so far, right? And there's a lot of things I, I that do, we don't. I do think, though, Mulholland Drive, though, that... Does I, yeah. have some connection. I can't. Like, that's that movie I can never remember the, the plot, even though I've seen it like four oh, times. Oh, it's so. right. Yeah, it's tough. But I do think there's some point. Not point, but there's some connection between. Yeah, like, I do think. Okay. Yeah, and I some of this will. Parts. Some of this he yeah. will explain, and some of it he won't. Yeah. And like, I I don't know how much of it he planned to explain, and how much of it he didn't plan to explain. So I agree. Like, is he? Just someone who's like, structure, I don't <laughs> yeah. need to worry about that. Or is it like, oh, the network didn't give him the opportunity. I just feel like I'm watching like the second or third season of Lost, where it's like, right. none of this is going to go anywhere, is it? <laughs> right, well, again, it's it feels to me very much like <clears throat> these characters are very fleshed out. and like, Yeah, no, well, that's, like, that's... But it, it is just like, let's put these characters in. It's almost like an improv show, like, let's, <laughs> I need this, I need... Annie and Cooper in a boat. Like, yeah. it's just like throwing out, <laughs> yeah, like throwing out scenarios. Well, one more couple, though, I think uh, we should mention is uh, Audrey and Jack. Audrey Wheeler. and Jack. Or as I call him, Billy Zane. Billy yeah, Zane. Yeah, I know. In my oh, notes, yeah. too, I have Billy I Zane did this and Billy, Billy Zane. Zane did that. But he has a great uh, line. Like, oh, yes. Kelly loves. I do. I find it's, it very uh, sexy. If you're going to bring a hammer, you better bring some nails. <laughs> When she and like I uh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> well, Audrey pulls her same little move with Jack that she pulled with Cooper, with like being like room service and like knocking on his door and coming in well, and saying like, and he's basically that. like, yeah, I'm ready to go. No, he's no? like, he's okay. like, if you're gonna, he's like, the next time you come in here carrying on like that, you better <laughs> oh, be ready. He's time. kind of like, I'll give you a pass this time because you're like a little naive. Schoolgirl, don't start the lawnmower if you're not going to cut the lawn. Right, right, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But he quotes her grandfather, which I'm like, how old are you supposed to be? <laughs> <laughs> like John Justice Wheeler I mean, is like yeah, because forty five. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like, he, he keeps <laughs> act, acting like he's way older I think than he's her. He's like thirty. Like, referring to her when she was like super young, which is also right. Like, she's one creepy. of those creepy guys yeah. who really likes. These girls looking really young. Right. But it is another scene where Audrey comes in kind of fake playing worldly and backs it off right mm. away when it actually yeah. comes down to it. And then she sort of half-asses like, well, next time you bring a hammer, you better bring some na Like, almost doesn't even quite... Doesn't get it. Right. It's doesn't kind of cute. Line. I do, I do like that. If you bring that. a hammer, you better bring some nails. <laughs> it's very cute. <laughs> nice comeback, Audrey. Yeah, you're like, yeah. Uh, you just took exactly what he said. Yeah, Audrey, it's, it's, it's a sweet, like, I was telling Pat, I'm like, wow, Audrey has been with some very chivalrous dudes who have not <laughs> taken advantage of her little, like, scoot into their hotel room move. Like, they've been like, no, 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 let's be appropriate. <laughs> One of my favorite Audrey Ben scenes happens in this episode where Ben is talking to Audrey and talks about 
Bobby Kennedy and Jack Kennedy and how Bobby would always tell Jack the truth. And he says, I believe that you are the best man for the job to Audrey. And it makes me really happy. It does. But first, he's staring at his son shooting, like, paper buffaloes in the yard. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) So he's also like, well, that's not going to work. Right. We're going to go to Audrey. But she does mention Jerry, right? And then, like, she says, like, like Jerry does for you. And he's like, no. (laughs) Um, So I like that he, he really, I mean, who on earth would have guessed that Audrey and Ben would be the father-daughter relationship to, like, look up to as the best, <laughs> most, you know, good-working relationship. Put a little asterisk on that. Besides <laughs> the tongue. <laughs> right. I know, like... He didn't know. <laughs> he didn't know it was her. Slash knew she was getting addicted to heroin and did minimal. <laughs> right. They've really turned it around and come a long way. If he can manage to get the money back. Yeah, I was concerned about that. And I like that she says, Daddy, I'm your man. It's very sweet. (laughs) Then she Um, needs to fly off. Fly off to have a breakfast confab. If I were the, I hate to say this, but if I were the business people in this confab and in comes this 18-year-old girl, I'd be like, really? This is who you're sending? But okay. Um, And then Jack comes in and says, tells Ben that he's falling in love with Audrey in a very cute way. So it's, and Ben is very happy and busts out the carrots for everyone in lieu of cigars. And then uh, Jack has a glass of whiskey with Coop while Coop is having a glass of milk. Yeah. (laughs) It does make, in that scene, it does make Coop, it's the only time Coop like sort of seems unmanly because he's like (laughs) drinking milk and he's like, you're like, Jack. Jack is Billy Zane. Billy Zane, Zane, I mean. Yeah, let's just call him Billy Zane. Let's just call him Billy Zane. (laughs) He's like, love is hell. Yeah. And the music playing is that, like, like did really... Cooper say it's a ladder to heaven? Maybe. Like, that sounds, sounds about right. <laughs> I mean, I wrote it down. It's his letter to heaven. I just heaven. put sexy music and fireplace <laughs> with Coop and Jack. And I put, in all caps, why do they fall in love so fast? They've, he's only been here, like, a day and a half, two days. And yeah. then Billy Zane gets a telegram and he has to run. Love yes. waits for no one in Twin Peaks. That's like, right. Pheromones being pumped out in those woods or something. Jesus. Audrey definitely wow. has a type. When you see those two sitting next to each other, you're like, oh yeah, wow. Both of them are like matinee idol types. Um, we also have intermittent scenes of the wine tasting. Oh yeah, I don't know how I feel. Well, <laughs> at first, I was pretty really silly. upset. I was really I was upset really... with the wine tasting because... Lucy. Lucy, I knew you were going <laughs> to... Yeah. Why is Preggers. Lucy drinking? Isn't she pregnant? I don't know. What? <laughs> and then I also don't understand why Lana, Widow, hate Widow, what's her name? I Lana Bunning Milford. Milford. Is in this skanky dress while Lucy's in her oversized sweater. Lucy <laughs> never gets good clothes. I actually spelled out outfit of the show is Lana's. It's a turquoise satin skirt with a bustle that's a thing like a bustle it's satin and lace and has like puffy sleeves like Anne of Green Gables style puff shoulder pads right? no they're not shoulder pads they're like full puffs oh okay yeah they're full puffs and like a little (laughs) upturned collar like you know 
they, that saying with fashion, like look in the mirror and take one thing off, like so you don't overdo it. Like it she like was like to be her add best. on everything. Yeah, so much stuff. And like I bet this was very early in the whole popularization of wine tastings right. and sommelierie yeah. or however you say that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Sommelier. Well, that's that's the noun. I'm like I'm uh, that's the person I'm saying yeah. the the trend. Right. Trend. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Je parle français. Je sais ce mot Merci. Um, but uh, shut up. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so like yeah. you know, because this was ninety one ish, right? Yeah. So yeah. like, I don't remember like. I mean, obviously I was a kid, but like, you don't remember in pop culture seeing that like you know wine tasting the spit bucket. That's like the first, probably like one of the first pop culture right. moments of this. Anyone who was into that was like a dick. Type right. character or right. like a Frasier yeah. who yeah. was like very snooty and like totally. Yeah. And Frasier like, follows this by like several years. That's exactly. true. Yeah, we've been yeah. watching Frasier. <laughs> <laughs> I love Andy Star Pupil when Dick says, "We'll start out with red wines." So some say red's the only kind, and Andy goes, "There are also white wines and sparkling wines," and he like raises his hand to say it. I'm like Andy, you know, it's just like. I'm really going to impress him here. Very good, Andrew. (laughs) (laughs) Andy is just, I love Andy more and more every minute. He's so wonderful. I love him and his spelunking and the way he says it. Just a human marshmallow. Here's a character that I'm softening towards that I've never thought I'd say this. I'm trying in this viewing to like take my preconceived notions and put them aside I think Catherine has a good scene in this, in these two episodes in 219. She has a scene with Harry where she's kind of explaining Josie. And again, her explanation would fit better with a better actress, but it's a good explanation because she says, I think she learned that she could survive by being what other people wanted to see and by showing them that. And I'm like, oh, that's a really intelligent insight into Josie's character. If Josie was better. If Josie had actually done that. She believed what she wanted to to fit the situation or right like that. which is really smart she mix the truth and lies yeah or... and and she's sort of t- it's one of the only scenes you get of piper Laurie's where she's kind of chilled out she's like yeah. almost conversational and not quite Dramatic. so soapy <laughs> yeah. um and so it's really nice and then harry says like but she was oh so very beautiful and i want to be like then she I don't think of... that mattered to Catherine. yeah, yeah. Catherine kind of like gave him a look or laughed about her a little bit. right like, yeah it was like because a genuine... she's like you're an idiot right like <laughs> shut up harry yeah like you deserved her <laughs> like, you can tell Catherine thinks nothing of harry which by the way oh harry we didn't talk about harry's uh oh, hangover yeah. oh First everyone's off, giving their hangover he almost got cures. killed by the candy bar heiress which yeah. she she like tried to strangle him the wrong way, uh, with it. That's how the see, uh, episode two eighteen starts with the candy bar. Areas. Right. She tried to sex poison him. From, she <laughs> takes like a thing of perfume to put on him, so he's like. But then what's the, weird is she doesn't piano. have to do that either. If she's just gonna strangle him ultimately in his sleep. Why did she also like 
try and make him hallucinate. Yeah. But I the wire, was... I thought he was hallucinating because he was so drunk and hung No, over. no, she no. takes like a little vial and puts from it on her... him. Okay. And then garter. puts it on her lips. Right. And then like kisses him and then yeah. he hallucinates Josie. Which is just a way to get Joan Chen in one scene. She, like, puts, they're, the, like, we gotta... she puts the wire over his the back of his neck though. Like, Giving him time to like... You can't strangle his... someone from the back of their neck. No, that will not work. I also gotta <laughs> wonder why is this woman carrying out Mr. Eckard's bidding after his death? Like why is she still Makes doing... no sense. Sexual jealousy. As That's right. Says. As Coop says, sexual jealousy. <laughs> which I'm like, nobody's jealous. No. Nobody's jealous of Harry. And right then, now. so I assume she's just gone now because she asked for the consulate of South Africa. No one questions Cooper that <laughs> this, maybe he did pick up this woman, but I guess I thought it was a dead guy, but I assume that someone was watching Harry. Right. From... I don't even. Yeah, it's... they had a bookhouse boy watching yeah. Harry. Right. Oh, yeah, there's that kid who's just dead on the stairs. They yeah. don't even talk about that. They don't even talk about Right, how... there's like a bookhouse boy dead on the stairs. I just have. Dead guy? Yeah, I put random dead biker guy. And it's not well, even he the He might one, have been knocked way. out. He, he had like yeah. blood kind of, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Out of his face. Also, we never, I've never really thought about this before, but like Coop gets in major trouble for going outside his jurisdiction. And yet Harry went like way out of his jurisdiction, <laughs> let Josie kind of like keep committing felonies and crimes. and felonies. And then... Nothing ever happens no to Harry. Well, that's because Harry's the, the that's biggest person in his pond. He's like the that's sheriff. That's true. There's yeah, no you're right. Chief. He doesn't answer to anybody. Yeah. Except yeah. the voters of Twin Peaks. Yeah. I do love... they keep voting for Harry. Yeah. <laughs> Until Hawk runs. And they'll be like, oh, a real cop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. I love everyone's hangover cures. Everyone in town is trying to help Harry with his hangover. And I love how Coop and Gordon have the same cure, which is to tell Harry really detailed uh, descriptions of food that would be yeah, gross, so he goes and very, pukes. <laughs> very heavy. Yeah. yeah. That's eggs and. Yeah, and also he's been on a bender for several days, and he's just like got kind of a headache. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, I would be like done. Especially now in our thirties, like you can't drink like that. My God, and no. Recover in a day and a half. No. He's like back at police work. It's yeah. like no, you would be laying in bed for two <laughs> right. days on your couch. Yeah, khaki palace. <laughs> Just watching his TV. beautiful khaki palace. The king of khaki. Yeah, he really makes that khaki look good. If only those pants were a little, little bit more fitted. They're just so baggy. They're so. It's a horrible pair of pants. Um, in Hawk Detective work, he does the tracking in Owl Cave to to find the footprints. Which just from the way he describes the footprints, Coop's like, oh yeah, that's Windermere. <laughs> And Coop has a good, uh, <laughs> some actual police work where he sees the poem and can tell that it's Leo's handwriting. So I was right, like, right. oh, that's kind of like some real detective work. Um, and I guess if we're talking about like, they give us a nice summary of like, in case you haven't been tuning in, the three investigations right now are the disappearance of Leo, the appearance of Wyndham Earl, and the discovery of the unknown petroglyph in Owl Cave. So those are like our three... Continuing on mm-hmm. a plots, so yeah, that's kind of all I had for these yes. two episodes. Oh, what is. about Catherine's box? Oh, oh yeah, oh, the puzzle box. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay. it's been around, but yeah, the no puzzle box from Eckerd <laughs> that he left. Sorry, I thought that was funny. <laughs> 
Pete drops it on the floor. Butterfingers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She calls them butterfingers. Yeah, she's trying to Sorry, get in that box. Sorry, poodle. <laughs> oh, that's very good. Yeah, so we'll have to find out what that is. Oh, and then the very end of 219, we end up with, at the gazebo, there's the giant paper mache pawn. That, and it's Metal Guy. That we know is Metal Guy. Yeah. And the note says, next time it will be someone you know. And then uh, there's these flashes of a hooded guy and an owl every time things... Oh, yeah. They happen. really are overdoing the flashes of the owl, I think. I agree. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Tune in next time. Bedow.